this attorney telling me years ago that it's not important about how much money you make. It's important about the work you do. Because when you're on the screen or on the stage, it doesn't say a million dollars, four million dollars. All it remembers your performance and the storylines. So what you want to concentrate on is doing memorable work. If you do memorable work, then it doesn't matter how much money you made. Agreed. You know? You've done so many iconic roles over the years. So first of all, how did you get cast in the Like a Prayer video? Um, my agent called me and said they were interested in seeing me for this um, music video with Madonna. Mm-hmm. I told them I wasn't interested. Why? Well, why would I be at that time? I mean, I was an actor. We just started doing studio movies. But you didn't think like, okay, at the time MTV was this amazing platform. Madonna was the top artist. No, I, I wasn't thinking that way. But just because I, well, I'll finish. Let me finish. Because I was a serious actor. And so you didn't really see serious actors in music videos, you know, dancing around like that. I mean, I'm th- and I'm thinking all I know of Madonna is, okay, if I'm in the video of Madonna, I must be dancing around doing something mm-hmm. like that. So I didn't really know. That's all I could think. So at the time, you know, I'm trying to pick and choose and try to do the right things for my career. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't think dance around the music video with Madonna was going to elevate it. You know, so, so that's what that was my thinking. My agent didn't disagree. And then, I don't know, maybe it was like a, a week or two later, they came back again and says, listen, you know, Mary Lambert would like to meet Leon, you know. And then my agent said, oh, Mary Lambert's a feature film director. Says, you know, you know, maybe something can come out of it, even if you don't do this. And so I went to meet her and it was like, a, you know, nothing but women around everywhere. And so, um, yeah, we hit it off. It was great. And then, you know, they wanted me to meet Madonna like about, I don't know, a week or two later. And um, we hit it off and, you know, every, you know, she was like, Madonna walked in and said, I don't really know what to say because everyone in the world has said that you're the guy. And I'm like. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's how that happened. That's how that happened. So you're you're on the set. Right. And you had to know that this was going to be I'm thinking you had to know it was going to be a controversial video or at least it was going to be something that would spark a conversation about societal, social issues, racial issues, religious issues. What were you thinking when you were making it? Well, when I was making the video, I mean, I was thinking, you know, first off, I have to tell you something. One of the things that made me want to do the video Mm -hmm. was when I was talking to Mary Lambert, I said, well, let me hear the song. So I heard the song and I was like, wow, this song sounds like it's going to be number one. And, And I said, well, let me get this right. You want me to act? She says, yeah, I need you to play two different characters. I need an actor for this. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, all right, I get it. So you want me to act and you want, this is the song and you want Madonna to me to come to life. Madonna adore me. And I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> now I, I can see me doing this. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I get <laughs> right. it now. Okay. Right, right, right. So, you know, it had to be, it, you know, things had to come together for me to see it. And what I, cause I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if they wanted an actor. They were looking at models. They were looking at every great looking guy from everywhere. So I didn't know. I just... Okay. I didn't know. So anyway, that's how that came about. So when I'm on the set and I realize the production value and how good this is going to be, and then all the metaphors in the video, I thought, wow, this is Madonna's comeback. This is going to be number one song. It's going to be the lead off story in every entertainment section. Yep. Front page of the calendar. What I didn't know, it would be the lead off story of everything at yeah. six. I mean, not in the entertainment section, the front 
of the newspaper, the front first story on the news. Now that was something I wasn't, you know, I couldn't say that I imagined would happen. Okay. So it's the late eighties, right? And now it sounds comical to say this now, but interracial kiss, like it sounds so crazy now, right? Because it sounds strange that it was a big deal back then. What was it like? I don't really think that, I mean, not to say that it wasn't a big deal, but I don't really think that the interracial kiss. Well, it was that, it was the burning crosses. It was. No, it was who she was kissing and that he was black. Interracial kiss. No, 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 no. Tell me the difference. Okay. Well, one thing, most people believe that she's kissing Jesus. And Jesus is black. And that is where the controversy, the much bigger controversy. Okay, Okay. she's not just kissing a black man. She's kissing a black Jesus. Got it. Even though he was a saint, come to life, but people thought of him as Jesus. So that's where Mm -hmm. the controversy really had. I mean, there was so many metaphors, but probably none bigger than that. Okay, okay. And then did she say anything about, like, when you guys were working together, did she share anything with you about how she thought it was going to be received? while it was being made um or was she just like plugged into the artistry of it and that was it no 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 she was also you know she was very a lot of fun to be around and we joked around a lot did a few things together yeah she was cool no i don't i think she was very much trusting of her Mm -hmm. team and the ultimate plan of what this video was supposed to be and the visuals and i thought she looked great i thought she looked like an italian movie star in that video Yes. And I think that she was very locked into making her comeback, you know, and this song was going to be that lead off thing that was going to kick it off. And it was like, I think everything she could imagine and more. It's so interesting because I just watched it the other day and I'm like, wow, everything old is new again, because you have the scenes where you are being wrongfully accused of attacking a woman. Right. After the white guy runs away. And I'm just like, some things just never change. Oh, yeah, of course. The, the video is such a positive video if you're a religious person, because basically what happened is a woman saw a crime and saw a wrong man accused, and she went to church for guidance. And the guidance she got from church, her experience in church, guided her to do the right thing. Love it. So I want to talk about your experience on Above the Rim. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me about that is that, first of all, A lot of people said that in that film, what's so awesome about how you played the role. And I know that you said this before. I think you said this to Vlad, but I'm not sure that so much of the role was shown through your eyes, even more so than the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What's your technique? How do you get into a character like that? Well, you know, Shep in Above the Rim was an interesting character because he was haunted. Mm -hmm. He was haunted by what happened to his friend Nutso on that roof. His whole life felt as though he was, you know, repenting and had to, you know, relive everything over and over again. Even when he played basketball by himself, you know, it was like Nutsa was there with him and he couldn't let that go. He couldn't shake it. So I think that it's very important to have people see in your eyes that hurt, you know, that repenting more so than any kind of dialogue. Well, how do you get there? I don't know. I mean, I get there by just being that person. I mean, yeah. I was very much a method actor, especially early on in my career. So I would just dive and delve into a role and mm-hmm. stay that character until the movie was finished. Okay. And and I and think that, you know, just the way someone holds their shoulders, the way that, you know, the look in their eyes is something you can always tell something about that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hurting or something's wrong or, and I thought that was very important for that character. So. Okay. And I think that was in 93 and you were working very closely with Tupac Shakur. 
94, yeah. 94, you played Brothers. Right. During that time, when you guys were shooting that film, was that at the same time that he was arrested, going through the trial, shot at Quad Studios? Was, was all of that happening during the making? Well, not shot, no, not shot at Quad Studios. He was, um, that's when he shot at two off-duty police officers in Atlanta. Okay. And then he had some other court case going on. I don't, I don't, much, I don't know what that was. It could have been a rape charge or something. I'm not sure. Okay. But it, the, the production got interrupted um, several times. But yes. what was your feeling about that at the time? Um, you know, for me, I never want to see a young, talented brother hurt himself or not succeed. And that's what I was seeing in Tupac in the sense that I liked him. You know, with me, he was 100 and you know, I thought he was talented and he had the charisma and everyone could see that. You know, but his mind was on other things, you know, that, you know, we're going to bring him down. And it was obvious. And it, it hurts me to see that because I wish he was here with us today. But, you know, everyone has their path. Everyone mm-hmm. has to live the life that they want to live. And so, so that's what I was saying. I was just saying, you know, talent being wasted is what I thought. Did you get along? I mean, what did you think of him as a man, as, a, as an artist? Well, like I said, he was, he was 100 with me. But he okay. told me that from the beginning. You know, he told me that with the script reading. He said, listen. <laughs> You're not gonna have a problem with me because you and the five heartbeats. <laughs> and you know, that movie's so revered by everybody that yeah. it's like it's usually you just you usually get your props right off the jump. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What is the difference for you between how you approach playing a real person versus a fictional character? Well, you know, you just have a lot more responsibility when you're playing a real person because you're playing someone that actually walked and talked on this earth that has friends, relatives, associates. So I believe you owe it to them to do your best to capture their spirit. You can't always look exactly like them. You can't always be them, but mm-hmm. you should be able to capture that spirit, you know, so that people at least are watching the movie that knew him can at least identify with your portrayal. Okay. Does it feel like you're kind of stuck between not wanting to do an impression, but still wanting to capture the person's essence? How do you like ride that line well you know it's tough you know it depends on it depends on who you're playing and what you're playing if you're playing a performer you know a musical performer well you just have to ride that line of you know when you're actually being that person that person's going through something and making it as real as possible Mm -hmm. because once people buy into the fact that you are who you are you can take them anywhere you take them to space i like that yeah they'll follow you anywhere you know, awesome. once, they be- once they believe that you are that person. Mm-hmm. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 
one is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning, and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What has been your favorite role and why? My favorite role is your favorite role because I don't watch my movies. You never watch? Are you like afraid to no, see no, yourself no, no, on No, 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 no. Of course, I've seen my movies. Of course. I mean, okay. I, I mean, of course, I'm going to see my work. But I'm saying, but I don't rewatch them. Like, I'm like, I'm not at home watching my movies right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't do that. You know, it's like, it's, you know, when they come out, you know, there's a screening, I'll, I'll see it. And if there's some sort of other press thing. But usually that's, I'm usually watching to see what the audience is thinking. Because that's what I'm making a movie for. You know, okay. I'm not making it for me. You know, and I think that if I was to like, watch my work over and over again, I don't know. Maybe it would be good for me to do that, but I'm too critical. I start picking myself apart wondering why I hold my face like that. What's wrong with my lips? Yes, yeah. that's what I was yeah. going to ask you. Okay. I'm hey. not into doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have that same phobia, but do you get a little freaked out seeing yourself on camera or can you separate yourself? Well, yeah. I mean, that's my hope is that I completely separate myself. That I start watching a character, mm-hmm. you know? But a lot of that has to do with how I'm framed. It has to do with, you know, what movie I'm in, what storyline am I telling? Okay. You know, if I'm in a good storyline with a good director who paints a real picture around me for me to drop in as a real character, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm going to be lost in a story and I'm going to think it's great. And I'm going to walk out of there talking about other characters other than me that I really were impressed with, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's why I love, you know, period pieces, because, you know, you can, you can drop into another time in another place. And if the setting is right, and you're believable, you can take them anywhere. 
I make them, you know, feel all kind of things, you know, because they're looking around and saying, this is a brother that's in 1963. Look at everything around him. Look what he's wearing. Look how he's talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of that, if you could travel through time and go back in time and alter a famous historical event, where wow. would you go and what would you attempt to change? Wow. Wow. That's a tough one. Have you ever been obsessed with anything in history where you're just like, oh, like I just like, dig into everything about this one event that happened in history? Yeah, but you know, it's, I'm thinking about it. And when you say an event, mm-hmm. it's, it's tied to so many other things. So it's like, how do you say you don't want this one thing to happen? And then you think of all the things that it caused or positive or negative because it happened. And you say, oh, I don't know if I want that not to happen. it's like pulling a thread right like you're pulling one thread and the whole thing comes apart so that's true yeah you know it's like i mean it's probably a lot easier in a sporting event you got Mm -hmm. because oh i wish he had made that shot right you know it's like it's like like, that's it that's it that's all it doesn't change anything except the outcome we we won that's it right (laughs) and it's not going to affect anything serious right yeah yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question. Uh, it's a hard question. I don't know if I can give you a proper answer for that. Okay. And I, but I applaud you asking me a question that I can't do that because I'm used to ask. The same old shit over and over. <laughs> same old shit or, or nothing that I wouldn't have an answer for with that. Okay. <laughs> so here's a note. Look, what is the greatest lesson of your life so far? Maybe something that like knocked you on your ass, but ultimately made you a better person. I can tell you that... Um, that the thing that's made me not maybe a better person, but definitely a better artist is um, this attorney telling me years ago that it's not important about how much money you make. It's important about the work you do. Because when you're on the screen or on the stage, it doesn't say a million dollars, $4 million, $5,000. All it remembers your performance and the storylines. So what you want to concentrate on is doing memorable work. If you do memorable work, then it doesn't matter how much money you made. Agreed. And that's always stuck with me. And it's never more prevalent than in this interview with you. Because Mm -hmm. look, what are we talking about right now? We're talking about work that was done decades ago Mm -hmm. that people are still fascinated with. Legacy. Yeah, you know, so I I appreciate him telling me that. And it's always stuck. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And do you pray? And if so, who or what do you pray to? Um, I pray. Most, most of my prayers are for um, other people or with other people, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And I pray to a being that is higher than me. Do you identify that being by name or you don't want to go there because it's, it's not something you feel you can define? You know, I can tell you that my whole life that I've been a Christian and I'm a Catholic. Mm-hmm. But as I've grown older, I've learned more about the world and learned more about my spirituality and about other religions. And so for me, it's more about spiritually being connected to whatever being. And it doesn't matter what you, whether you call that being God or Jah or Muhammad or whatever, Jesus, it doesn't matter. Because what really matters is how that person is and how that being or spirit is affecting you in your life, in your life's journey. Mm-hmm. 
So you can call it whatever you want, but is it flowing through you? Is it affecting you as a person? Is it making you a better person? That's what really matters. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about, um, I've never really watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta all that much. I did watch a few clips because I knew I was going to be talking to you. Well, that makes two of us. I've never watched it. You never watched it? (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I watched your daughter. I don't think I saw anything with you. But you seem to have a similar way of looking at co-parenting as I do because I'm not with my son's father, but we are like really good friends. We love each other. We respect each other. We're awesome co-parents. And people always think that we're together because we go to everything for our son together. And people will say, oh, well, did you get back together or you should get back together? I'm like, no, we're not getting back together, you know, but like we're just friends and we're family and like we care about each other. As you should. You you kind of have the same thing going on. Well, this just, I like to consider myself a common sense Negro, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do, things that make, <laughs> I do things that make sense to me, okay? Right. And so for me, you know, the child comes first. We have a child together. Right. And that's something that will never change. No matter how many women I might have had in my life, only one of them has given me a child. Yes. And so for me, she has the highest respect of anyone. Yes, exactly. You know, she's, the, she's the mother of my child. I mean, she gave that's you the greatest change. gift. Right. That's not going to change. So that relationship for us, we're family. We're family exactly. through this child. We always will be, you know, and we're supposed to always do what's best for one another and respect one another. But most importantly, what's best for the child. And the child needs to see two loving parents yes. who, who love each other. Even if they may not be together as a couple, they can still love and respect one another. Exactly. And that's what she needs to see in order to grow up. I know, but it's so rare because people ask me all the time. They're like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I'm like, it's easy. You just put your ego aside and you put your child first. Put your childish ego aside. Childish <laughs> ego aside. Yes. And you, and you it's so Ridiculous. simple, right? Yes, it's very simple. I mean, if, if you're no longer with someone, you know, in a romantic way, then you guys know each other so well. You're friends. You have a child together. Let's just keep it moving. Thank you. No, but you, you know that that's rare. The other stuff takes up up way too much energy. It's wrong. It's like using the kid against one another. It's like, it's just terrible. I know. What do you get out of it? What is, what is your upside? I always look at things that way. I'm like, it's okay. What's the upside to this right here? Like, how does this make things better for me, my child, her? It doesn't. So why do it? I, we're like right, right there. Why do it? Like, I don't get it. It's like, like tell me this is tell me this is a better way, and then maybe I'll consider it. No, but I'm asked about it all the time, and so I know that it's rare. So I just want to <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so tell me what you're working on now. I know that there's a film that you finished that's coming out soon, and is there a show that you're doing with BET right now? Um, okay, so right now streaming on BET Plus is a love tale. Okay. Created by Sidra Smith, a very um provocative series about four women living and loving in Harlem. I also um, am reoccurring on a BET show. I think this is probably going to start airing in September called Games People Play. It was the number one show last year. And um, and in February, I am um, starring in a movie opposite um, Bruce Willis, Frank Grillo, and Kevin Dillon called A Day to Die. Very and what's that about? Um, it is about a parole officer who, um, while protecting a parolee from another man, kills the other guy. And so the guy happens to work for a guy by the name of Pettis. 
the stakes that um, since you killed my man, that you uh, you maybe owe me something because he was worth something to me. So he gives him 24 hours, not even, to come up with um, a certain amount of money. And he has to try to do it and figure out how he can do it. And um, Pettis sends him a few little reminders along the way. And the action. Yeah. <laughs> so I play Pettis. Okay. Cool. Yeah, bit, Do you know when it's coming boy, out? Bit of a bad boy. February. February. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. What do you think you came into this life as Leon Robinson to learn? And what do you think you came here to teach? I came here to learn as much as I possibly can. And I came here to pass on the things that I learned to as many people as possible. Do you think you do that through your art? Do you think you do it in your day-to-day life? I think I do it 24-7, you know, in my, and definitely through my art because I have a way of reaching more people. But in my day-to-day life, without a doubt, um, I'm always passing whatever wisdom that I have and I'm always sucking in as much as I can. And when did you know that you were an actor? Like, did, was it the kind of thing where you wanted to be an actor from the time you were a kid? Did it happen in school? Did it happen through someone you met? Like, how did it happen? Wow. It happened in a lot of different ways, man. It had a lot of different signs, but I guess the most obvious story with me would be, you know, I was on a basketball scholarship at Loyola Marymount, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And a graduate film student chased me down campus and begged me to be in his movie. And I was like, why don't you get someone in the theater arts department? I'm sure they'd love it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and he's like, no, he says, there's something about you, man. I just feel like you're going to be in the movies. I want to be the first one to be in the, put you in a movie. No way. And so I did this movie called The Photographer, and I felt very comfortable. It's just like, just like you know, you talk to somebody for an hour, mm-hmm. and you feel like you've known them a lot longer than an hour you spent with them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the way I felt on the movie set. And so I changed my major, became a drama major, studied acting. That is, my craft. Yeah. that is a good story. That's a good story. Yep. <laughs> it's the real story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This was awesome and very Great. interesting. Thank All right. you. Keep, keep being a good parent. Keep being Thank a good you. mate. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Leon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.